Good morning. Thank you for joining us. We're going to start with hymn 274, Morning Has Broken. Now we will have our call to worship. Good morning. Call to worship this morning is Psalm 74, verses 12 through 17. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Thou didst cleave the fountain and the flood. Thou driest up mighty rivers. The day is thine. The night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Amen. Amen. And this morning's theme is all about God creating everything by his word. And now let's sing number 179, How Firm a Foundation.
a pretty powerful song because it talks about all the trials we go through and the things we would rather not experience. But in Jesus, we are fine. Just stay in Jesus. Let us pray. Lord God, we've come here this morning to worship you through your son, Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, the creator of all, and the one who came to earth to redeem us. So, Father, we ask that your spirit would help us to lay aside everything that would entangle us and that is cluttering us up. And may we focus our whole being, body, soul, and spirit on you, worshiping you through our Savior, Jesus, by word and by deed. And please change us, transform us through the songs, through the prayers, through your word, and through the sacrament, that we will leave here more like Jesus and bringing his light and life to all we encounter this week and for the rest of our lives. We pray in his name, amen. And I don't know about you, but I fall short of that prayer almost every day in every moment of my life. So let us take our bulletins and pray this prayer of confession along with King David. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. 
You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Amen. Well, that pretty much says it all, including why we confess and what God is more than willing to do in us. And John would kind of echo this and take it a step further in one of the last letters he ever wrote to the church, scattered, persecuted Christians, when he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's a process, but God has committed to do it. And what God commits to do, if we cooperate with him, he will do. Amen. And now, let's praise God for his beautiful creation, singing number 64, For the Beauty of the Earth.
Amen. And this is September, the beginning of a new church year. And this year, we will be looking at the Gospel of John, portions of that Gospel. And just this last year, until the last Sunday of Advent, we'll link a short passage of John with important stories from the Old Testament. And now for the reading of the Word. Scripture this morning is from Genesis and St. John. This is Genesis 1, 1 through 6. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. This is verses 24 through 28. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And this is verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. This is Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. This is John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. A little bit of a lag in the capacitors there. Okay, let us uh, pray. Creator God, we have heard the power of your spoken word. How by your word you created all that is, including our planet. And then personally, you spoke and filled our planet with living creatures by your word. Finally, by your word, you created people in your image. We thank you for the awesome beauty we see in your creation, especially at this time when the heat of summer is subsiding but everything's still green and full of life. Our first request this morning is that all of us who know you by faith in your faithful son will be faithful representatives of you doing your work in the physical world you created and empowered and enabled by your spirit the spirit of your son, the king of kings, who came to save us, the living word who is you and is face to face with you. Salah. The world, our nation, and especially our commonwealth of Massachusetts is in much darkness. Please help us to not be complainers about this. Instead, fill us with the love of the Holy Spirit to make disciples of our neighbors, those you have brought into relationship with us, so that they may know your will in your word and work with us for you, for what is right in your eyes. And then with a committed, a critical mass... There is that scientific word, a critical mass of loving, committed disciples. You will bring about change in this world. And to this end, we dare to pray for the conversion of all who are in positions of either leadership or power. And there is a difference. The human lust for power is always sinful. But there can be and there are leaders who are your people, disciples serving Christ. So we pray for our president. If he is a Catholic Christian, then he must change his rebellious words and actions concerning life in the womb and proper sexuality. It will take a miracle But maybe, maybe, even if people are voting with complicated motives, please let Christians who are committed to you or people who are right-thinking agnostics win in every election this fall. 
even though this cannot take the place of a revival, it will make our environment less toxic. And within our church body, please help all of us who are still missing Norma, Nancy, and Joe to be comforted by our memories of them and to be rejoicing with them because they are now forever in your presence. Please bless all our people traveling on this last long weekend of summer and especially be with Peter and Linda and Kurt. Thank you for Debbie being with us and help her in her ministry at work, which is both rewarding and taxing upon her. Thank you for Charlie and Kurt and all they do behind the scenes, not wanting human credit, but only your well done at the end. And please be with and bring healing to Christine, Cindy, and Elin. Continue to strengthen Allie and Ginny and bless them as well. We pray for Ken, Sally, and her husband, Jimmy, really for our whole body. And please, may the sacrament be a time of blessed and holy union with you. And now we join together with one heart and one voice in the prayer Jesus taught his followers praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now before we dig into the word, let's sing number 175, Break Thou the Bread of Life, meaning the word of God. Number 175. Break the love's 
Amen. And uh, I was just telling Charlie earlier this morning, every time I go to God's word, even when it's the hundredth time of reading John 1, I see something new in it. So let us open ourselves up to God and his word. Now, most cultures and most people ask questions about the origins of all that is now that we see and experience, such as, has everything always been here? There are people that think that. Or was there a beginning? And if there was a beginning, did everything happen all at once, or was there a certain order of things coming into being? And in addition to this, most people have experiences and encounters with something that is beyond the material, what we can experience with our five senses. Is this just emotions, or might there be something that is spiritual? Now, some people have heard about what has been called creation myths ever since the Enlightenment came along and just poo-pooed everything that could not be tested, experienced, measured, um, or seen with the human eyes. And in these myths, various gods each did their part in creating the world as we know it. And there was a lot of similarity among the differences. But none of these gods were omnipotent or omniscient. And so therefore, as they created, they had many struggles and were almost overwhelmed by what they were creating. And their greatest efforts came as they tried to subdue a primordial sea that was characterized by chaos, both from storms and other things, and was filled with all kinds of sea monsters to be overcome. And I read a book this summer with two whole chapters describing all of this. This was how people thought in the ancient world, and some people even today. But in the last three centuries, starting late in the 19th centuries, scientists have discovered that without a doubt, there was a moment of creation from nothingness. When all the molecules of the universe instantly came into being. And then over time, these were formed into what we can see and observe now. There was a time when all of our planet was underwater, but then land emerged and the sea became distinct. Fresh water emerged on the land and the water cycle began. Then various animal species emerged from the sea, the air, and the land, and finally people came in to being. These can all be figured out by formulas and observation. This is what happened. Now, I'm going to add something in here. I had a friend at work who was watching Stephen Hawking on PBS in the 80s, and he says, I know exactly what happened, but it's way beyond me why. It happened. Well, 
We know, scripture tells us, this is the order of events the true God revealed to Moses on Mount Sinai, and we heard portions of it read this morning in what we call Genesis 1 and 2. Moreover, if you go to the prophets, the wisdom books, and the Psalms of scripture, God gave us more details about creation, and I'll explore some of those. And now just 2,000 years ago, the word who created all that there is came to the world that he created as a human being, John 1. And we heard the beginning of that long introduction to Jesus. And he revealed more about God's creation. We call it the Gospels. That's what he did on earth. But then the New Testament the letters written to people who believed in him, and finally he revealed himself to John in the last book of scripture. So now, let us look closer at our text from both Genesis and the Gospel of John. So first of all, Genesis, we can just sum it up this way. God created everything by his word. And I don't know if we're so used to it, that's just words to you. But if we really think about it, it is amazing. So in the first paragraph that we had read to us, from the confusion of the land and the darkness of the deep waters, God spoke and he brought order. So let's look at it verse by verse. In beginning created God the heavens and the earth. People, the one true God, there's all kinds of false gods. The one true God initiated creation as something new. There's a unique word for create in scripture only used of God, okay? Only God creates this way, something out of nothing. Humans create, and we have creativity, but it always shapes something out of what already exists. God, on the other hand, creates out of his sovereignty and absolute power. While our human creation depends on him and what he has created. That's very important. Continuing on in the next verse, and this is a heavy verse, and there's been many books written about this verse. And the earth was confusion and empty, and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering upon the face of the waters. So now we're introduced to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He is of God and distinct from God. And we're told the spirit is hovering over the waters. And now we have an example again of Hebrew poetry with repetition and variety, okay? After describing the earth, notice the similarities and differences upon the face of first darkness, upon the face of the deep. Second, the spirit of God upon the face of the waters. So remember, at this time, although they're talking about the waters, the earth 
is formless and void. And this would also suggest that the waters that are parallel to darkness were also chaotic, okay? Chaos was reigning on the surface. And darkness, interestingly, is parallel with the Spirit of God. And this is obviously a contrasting parallel. In Hebrew poetry, there were similar parallels and opposite parallels. And this would suggest, then, that God is about to do something with the darkness, and he does. Continuing on with the next few verses. Then God said, there will be light. And then there was light. Then God saw that the light was good. Then God divided between the light and between the darkness. And then God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Then there was evening and then there was morning. Day one. Okay, let's pull this apart a bit. Again, notice this word deed pattern for how light came to be. And this is what I want us to really think about, the power of God and how he does impossible things that are easy to him. First, God spoke a word that there would be light. And then there was light, just like that. God spoke light into being. Unlike the human myths, there was no struggle. He spoke and it was. Bing, bang, it's done. God created by his word. And then after light existed, God saw it and declared it to be good. Good. This is also part of his creation pattern. Speak, do, good. Then we have darkness and night. So God named both light and darkness, calling them respectively day and night. And then day one, one day, after saying all this, God said to Moses on Mount Sinai, 1500 BC, one day. Now this is in the creation context, okay? And in this context, it is not necessarily a 24-hour day. Now, I don't have time to go into it, but yesterday I was meditating on this, and Genesis 3 emphasizes it's not a 24-hour day. Then God said, there will be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and it will be causing separation between waters to waters. So with this expanse or firmament in the King James Bible, again, God is beginning to bring order to the chaotic water. Now, here's a contrast with these myths. And let me just take you to two other portions of scripture. Um, One which was the call to worship on the back of your bulletins, okay? Job and Psalms give these insights. Job said as his friends were attacking him, he, meaning God, has encircled the face of the waters with limits. He has calmed the sea with his power, and by his understanding, he smote the sea monster. And then the prophet Asaph, who wrote Psalm 74, wrote this, Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength, 
And thou shattered the heads of the dragons upon the waters, and thou crushed in pieces the head of the large serpents. Okay? So all these things the human myths talked about, which had a grain of truth to them, but which had this tremendous struggle, it was nothing to God. Scripture tells us he spoke, it happened. No sweat. It didn't take God down one bit. He speaks and it is. That's the way God works. Now let's hop over a bunch of days in Genesis and come down to verse 24. Basically, God spoke and created breathing life on the land, culminating with people in his image. So again, verse by verse, then God said the earth will bring forth living creatures to their kind, meaning each species is distinct. To their kind, animals and creeping things and beasts of the earth, to their kind, species, and then it was so. So he spoke about land creatures. He speaks about these living creatures being brought forth from the earth according to their kind. And this is important for all the evolutionists out there. One species never turns in to another species. That's not how God made things. And God made the living creatures of the earth to their kind, the animals to their kind, and everything creeping on the ground to its kind. Then God saw it was good. So he makes land creatures. Once again, God creates by his word, and then the deed follows the same way he did in creating light. But now he's making living creatures from the earth by his word. This is how land creatures came to be, and all creatures. God created by his word. And then just as the light was good, so is every living creature that God made good. And then God said, we will make Adam in our image, according to our likeness. And they will rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the animals and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then God created Adam... In his image, in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, let's look at a few important things here. And, you know, I I read all kinds of ink spilled on what it means to be the image of God. Simply and biblically, image means only one thing. An image is a representative of something or usually someone. That means human beings were created to be God's representative, God is spirit, on his physical earth, his physical creation. To be in his image means we were to execute his will as physical beings in his physical creation. That's what in the image of God means. Okay? And then they were to rule as stewards under God and dependent on him. Read Psalm 8. It beautifully describes that. 
Now notice, both men and women he created, male and female, them, are in the image of God, created together by his word. God created by his word. And then God blessed them. Then God said to them, you all must be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, make it subservient. And you all must rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every creeping thing rule over upon the earth. And now he blesses them. This blessing completes the three major parts of creation. God speaks it by his word. God does it. It's good. And he blesses it. He blessed the man and the woman. Now... Here's our challenge, people. As I've gotten this far into the creation story and all the way to the end of the things that God physically created and explained to you what it means to be in his image and what he expects of us, people, and and, and I'm guilty of this, okay? I don't do this. I live most days not even thinking wonderful thoughts of God. But we must be amazed and overwhelmed by the power and also the ease with which the true God created heaven and earth, bringing order out of chaos and then filling everything with life, including people created in his image, including us. All of this by his word to bless us. Let's be aware of that. Let's be aware of how awesome God is and all that he has done and that we are a part of it. Let's be grateful. Let's live as people to be blessed. And then God saw all which he had made and behold, very good. Then it was evening, then it was morning, day six. Notice the insertion of the extra adjective very, very With the creation of Adam or people, men and women in his image, God sees everything as very good. Now, we're talking about all of creation, and I couldn't help but think about Norma and the way she prayed. People, day six challenges all of us, all of us, to rule over God's very good creation as respectful stewards because God declared it all to be very good, okay? Let us use it in an orderly way, in a way that is pleasing to God, not abusing it. Continuing on, then the heavens and the earth were finished, all the host of them, and when God had finished on the seventh day his work which he had done, then he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. So after six days, God had finished all his creation, the heaven and earth, and all the host of, meaning everything that he filled them with. Excuse me for ending in a preposition. With nothing more to do, God took a Sabbath rest on the seventh day. And then God blessed the seventh day. Then he made it holy, because in it he rested from all his work which he had created, that which God had made. God blessed the seventh day when he rested from all his creation work which he had finished. 
And he made it holy as he is holy from Leviticus. And now let us uh, turn to the introduction to the Gospel of John, which complements this. In fact, everybody who knows the Bible knows that John 1 is parallel with Genesis 1. The word has been eternal with God, and through him everything came into being, and life was being in him, the light of people. Okay, and there's two portions even to these short verses that we read. And this is the most heavy theological one. And this is where I learned something awesome to my little logical mind this week. In beginning, the word was already being God and through him all things came into being. So let me read it to you, literally translating the Greek. In beginning was being the word, and the word was being with the God. God was being the word. Same was being in the beginning with the God. I realize this is beautiful poetry, four lines, and what we have here is repetition with variety. We are given four beautiful clauses of equality. The verb of being equals. You can put an equal sign in there in the logical formula with four nouns. And they are complementary chiasms in different but intriguingly related formulas. And I won't go into it. I won't try to describe it without words and without a blackboard. But I will have posted on our website by the end of the week all of the logic of it if you want to go there and look at it. But now just listen to the words, and here they are. There's two main truths. The word with the God. We're told in beginning, that is just before the moment of creation, the word was with the God. Skip a few clauses, same, meaning the word, in beginning with God. So what does this say about the word? The word is God, equal. But the word is with God, meaning face-to-face with God, and we can't be face-to-face without being separate or distinct. Okay? And then... Let's emphasize it, the word is God, and God was being, is, that is, the word. So, equal signs work both ways. In Greek, it says God is the word, okay? Now, don't let occult fool you. The lack of the definite article only means this. God is much more than the word, but the word is God. So we put this all together and we have one of the key passages supporting the doctrine of the Trinity. The word is God. The father is God. The Holy Spirit is the God. It's not spelled out, but by leaving out the article to a Greek speaker, it's saying God is more than the word. Okay. If only the cults knew that. 
Okay, so let's apply this. Uh, I pray that many of you will take the time this week to reread this passage as I have it in the sermon outline. And maybe some of you will dare to go to the website later and see the amazing, logical beauty of all this. But why? So that we can comprehend and be in awe, awe of the mystery of the word who is both God and separately with God. Jesus is both and. God is both and. And then we're told all things came to be through him and without him came into being not one thing. So all came to be by the word. In other words, the word created everything. This word who is fully God That's who God created by. So knowing this, many years after Moses, we now know that the word that God spoke, he was working through the agency of Jesus Christ. God created by his word. And then the rest of the sentence just says the same thing in a negative way. In other words, everything came to be by the word. Now I want to get to the last point of all of this this morning. The life that was always in him, meaning the word, is the light of people shining in the darkness, but the darkness cannot take it, the light, to itself. So let me just read the word again. In him life was being, and the life was being the light of the men, meaning people. The word being fully God... And all that God is, is life, always, eternally, from beginning to end, yesterday, today, and forever. Secondly, and the life of the word is the light for all the people of the world. Now, the rest of the Gospel of John, which is the favorite of many people, describes how Whoever believes all that John wrote about the word, who is the Savior, may have eternal life in the light. This is just, again, the foundation for amazing truths to come. Okay, And then the last verse we have is the light is always in the darkness shining. And the darkness it the light has not comprehended. Shining in darkness. Think about Isaiah 9, Matthew 4. Jesus came to his people who were walking, walking, living in darkness to be light to them. We hear this every Christmas Eve. The word is light shining in darkness. And now we're told the darkness has not comprehended it. It has not ever been able to take the light into itself. And think about this. This is just common sense. You walk into a dark room. You flip on a light. Darkness disappears. Light will always overcome and obliterate darkness. It is just so logical. Okay? And... The last chapter of the Bible, 
Revelation 22.5 in the Revised Standard Version. And night shall be no more. There's a time coming. For the Lord God will be their light. So what do we do about this? It was in my prayer. We were talking about it before we went live and began worship. We must bring the word who is life. The light of people to people still in darkness. And we can do this because darkness can never comprehend and cannot seize the light or the people of light. We can't lose people, but we're in what is theologically called the now and the not yet. Yes, Jesus came a first time, but he hasn't come a second time to complete everything. So, Darkness will still be here until Jesus comes. But Jesus came, and I'm going to give you three quick scriptures, so people do not have to stay in darkness, John 12. And he will shine on those living in darkness, Zechariah's prophecy at the birth of his son, John, who would point people to Jesus And finally, because in him the darkness is passing and the light is now shining, 1 John 2.8, it's all true. So, after God created everything, the land and the seas were chaotic, but God spoke and brought order and distinction to land and sea. Then he spoke and made living creatures in the sea and sky and on land, and he finished by creating people in his image. He did this through his eternal word, who is being him and is with him. In other words, the word Jesus is equal yet distinct from God. And the word is life and light to all people in the darkness in which he shines. And this is all because God created by his word. Now, there's a lot to think about there, but um, I'll leave that for all of us for the rest of the week. Now, let us transition and prepare our hearts for communion. By singing number 265, let us break bread together.
Amen. And now, if there is anyone who does not have a communion kit, I'll wait a moment while you go and get one. And then, once everyone has one, let us take our, our bulletin inserts and do our responsive reading together. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identifies himself. So come to the table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, and you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Loving God, through your goodness, may we know your presence in the sharing, so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among all his community through the centuries and shares with us now. May one Christ and one with each other to be offered these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. And now, people, let us pray before we partake of the elements. Holy Lord God, by what we do here in remembrance of Christ, we celebrate his perfect sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection and ascension. We declare that he is Lord of all and we prepare for his coming kingdom. We pray through you, Holy Spirit, this bread may be for us the body of Christ and this cup the blood of Christ. Accept our sacrifice of praise as we eat and drink at his command. Unite us to Christ as one body in him and give us strength to serve you in the world. And to you, one holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. It is true. And now let us partake of the elements. Before we sing our last song, I want to say something. There is a real beauty and power in silence. And I think we Americans need to slow down, turn things off, and sit in silence sometimes. I've gotten to the point where wherever I am, here or at home, when I'm doing the work of God, everything's off. Everything is off. Be silent before God and let him speak. That's my little word of advice. Now, that probably amounts to less than half an hour in a whole day, most days. But it should be our goal. And now let us um, sing for our final hymn, In Light of What We've Heard, number 373, The Light of the World is Jesus.
Amen. And uh, our good word, our benediction, is what John heard as he was first transported up into the presence of God on the throne that is above and beyond all of the created universe. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou didst create all things and because of thy will, They existed and were created. Just remember, God created by his word. He created everything. He's awesome. And let us uh, enjoy him and revere him. And now for our very last song, we'll sing the chorus number 178, Thy Word.